Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. Thank you so much, guys, for sharing and liking all of the last few episodes. They've been amazing. Very lucky to have had Sinead Hegarty on, Sean O'Hagan, and Becca Gillen on. Uh, I was very lucky to kind of meet those guys over in Thailand. They gave up some of their holiday time to kind of have a chat with myself. This week is I'm back home uh, recording, and this I'm interviewing Larry Doyle. Larry Doyle is a person I look up to in the industry a lot. He's started out as a PT, and now he's one of the most successful online coaches uh, in Ireland at the at present. He's he loves helping people get through, uh, fit through his affiliate program, uh, which we're going to talk about a little bit uh, during the podcast. His main focus is on health focus results and not kind of going through those crazy crash diets that some people are advocates for and for and go on them themselves. He is big on providing people with knowledge so they can actually train themselves and eat the right way, and that doesn't necessarily mean going through the kind of the chicken and broccoli diet that some people kind of think that fitness and losing weight is all about. And I think the main reason that people, so, so many people resonate with Larry and his message is that it's a no BS approach. So Larry, thank you so much for giving up your time for coming on the podcast this morning. Yeah, really appreciate it. It's uh, it's something I haven't ventured into too much as we discussed earlier with uh, with podcasts, but it's great to have an opportunity to, uh, to come on and speak. No, it's, I, know, I know you're kind of mental busy with kind of buying a bit of land down in Wexford and kind of busy enough with the affiliate program promoting that with your with your with the missus as well so I really do appreciate giving up your time uh, so for for anyone that's not aware of your story and how you kind of got into fitness Larry what can you kind of explain your story and how you got into the whole realm of it yeah so I mean my family, like I'm gonna go way, way, way back. Uh, my family has always been like a very active sporting family. We kind of come from a cycling background. Um, then I would have progressed into playing sports. I guess it was probably playing sport to avoid school when I was in it because it wasn't the most academic. Uh, so I'd like to get a couple of hours off and I'd go play hurling, football, rugby, whatever. Um, kind of developed into playing a lot more rugby then in kind of secondary school and went to play on for, for Leinster Youths and that kind of was the, the big change of point in terms of where I developed into the career because developed a couple of injuries, a couple of niggles and injuries and stuff across the board from playing rugby and then I was lucky enough to uh, get introduced to Porig Murphy. Um, Porig was, he's been working at Dublin as BT but he's based from Wexford originally and he kind of, he had a look at my training and what I was doing and I was in the gym and I was trying to lift everyone out, train everyone for, for training three, four hours a day and stuff. And, and Porig basically called me out and said, listen, you're wrecking yourself here. You're getting injured and whatever. So he went through with some rehab and, and introduced me to a guy called Charles Balkan. So I got into Charles's stuff then. And uh, eventually after I'd gone through kind of a, a post-leave insert a course on health and fitness. It was like a one year. We got like our lifeguard and gym instructor and stuff in that. And then went on to do like some work in a local gym. And I got my like PICP level one and PICP level two. And I was working straight into the industry from, I guess, 19 at that point, 18, 19. Uh, didn't go the college route, kind of just with some courses that I could pick up uh, there and then. So kind of getting hands-on experience straight away. Uh, ended up uh, doing a couple of years down home between kind of lifeguarding, working in the gym, doing a little bit of PT on the side. Um, I guess kind of earning the stripes up along. Um, ended up uh, traveling to Australia, which ended up falling through after a couple of years. I think it was like 24, 25. Uh, then I came back and picked up a job in Dublin. So I moved up, uh, start working in Be Fit uh, with Damien Marr. Uh, in his studio there kind of with more of a spoke one-on-one and kind of developed a, a skills and as a trainer there and uh, ended up going out on my own after two and a half years uh, with Damien that was kind of oh I, I have to keep adding a year onto it every time I talk about this so that's like uh, five years ago now maybe five six years ago and then I've been out on my own ever since and uh, we got into one-on-one uh, PT and group coaching and then um, started building up to the point where we were very, very busy there. And uh, we developed uh, kind of an online system to be able to to handle because we had a lot of people kind of traveling to come pick up sessions with us in Southside, in Sandyford, where it was based from. Um, so then we were able to develop kind of more of an online model with that while we were still doing one-on-one. And then we had a, a waiting list that was developing over a couple of years. We managed to get people on that. And then I was able to serve more people by going online. So we effectively molded into the online model that we have now, which has been 
Uh, it'll be two years this December um, since I started going purely full online and stopped doing in-house PT. Um, and it's just kind of been a blur over the last, I guess, 13 years or whatever that it's been in the industry then for that length of time. Um, so it's kind of, yeah, it's, that's kind of gone full circle now to where we are at the moment. So it's, uh, it's been a hell of a ride. And do, you miss, well. and do you miss the one-on-one at all? Yeah, it, it's... Uh, we've, we've got some plans in the pipeline of, of going to be able to do another little bit and it's not it's not even from a business thing it's just from a personal perspective because like as a personal trainer you're hands on you're kind of that's the, the type of person you are when a lot of us go into the online realm and I don't think a lot of people realise it is that we're not cut out to be admin laptop kind of desk jockeys yeah. and uh, you know, you, you really miss that interaction. You miss that social interaction. That, that's what got us into the whole thing because PTs, uh, as a general thing, we're very social individuals. Um, you know, we like interacting face-to-face and hands-on with people. And it's something I miss massively uh, from doing that, to be honest. So it's something we have in the pipeline for uh, then a couple of months down the line um, where hopefully be able to get back into doing a little bit more hands-on. But we've just a lot on at the moment, but it's, it's something I 100% want to get back into doing because I miss it. And it's, it's something that uh, I feel a lot of PTs drift away from and they'll always end up going back to it, I think, you know. Yeah, I think there's so many people out there at the minute that think that online coaching is kind of the, the easy way forward um, and that a lot of people don't recognize or don't realize that it is kind of you're going back to kind of like if you have had a had had an office job previously you're kind of just going back to kind of sitting at a desk and you're only able to talk to people through voice notes or you're doing youtube videos or whatever way the online coach works and i would definitely miss i online coach but i de- i would definitely miss the kind of meeting people on a regular basis and you can definitely learn a lot more from being hands-on with someone because you can only you have, you have an hour with them or two hours with them every week and then but if you're only doing your online check-ins you're only literally talking to them for potentially 10-15 minutes max yeah it's, it's a handful um you know and this is the thing like I, i'd love to you know a lot of people kind of aspire to have the, the freedom of doing online coaching and want to be very successful at doing online coaching and you know if you're getting very busy and being successful with online coaching, you actually have much less free time. Um, and that's the thing. And a lot of people kind of guess look at this whole freedom aspect of being so flexible with being an online coach. But I mean, for, for the most part, I'm stuck in the living room or the office here and I'm kind of doing a lot of work based from there. And I might venture out to a coffee shop every now and then or something, but you kind of, it's funny. You'll end up chatting to a barista for like 10 minutes because you missed the social yeah. interaction. You'll, you'll talk like, to anyone that will listen. <laughs> talking absolute waffle to a barista for like 10 minutes over a coffee when you need to get some work done you know it's, it's a kind of a funny one but yeah it's uh, I'd, I'd love to be able to kind of be out uh kind of through the i know you've been through bali and thailand and stuff like that as well so I'd, I'd love to be able to be out there doing all that but it just doesn't allow itself when it's it's kind of very very busy at the moment you know so that's kind of an aspect a lot of people miss on that they want to have the success with it all and then kind of end up getting stuck in an office job as such so it's a it's a it's a funny one to balance yeah, it, it, de- out, you know. it definitely is. Like I, like I met a lot of people when I was traveling that were kind of doing that kind of side of things. They were kind of le- logging on for three or four hours a day and then they were kind of training around it or whatever. Um, and it, yeah. like, it, does have its an appeal, it does have its appeal, but I think if you are as hands-on as I try to be with all my clients and trying to get to kind of ins and outs of why they do certain things and all their behaviors yeah. and stuff like that, it's very hard to kind of turn off uh, it's very hard to get away from kind of the, the voice notes or whatever it may be if you're trying to kind of learn so much about their characteristics and their behaviors and stuff like that. Yeah, and that's something like we we spent uh, three months last summer uh, traveling through from Pisa in Italy to Marbella and back. Um, and it was it was really nice. It was beautiful. We'd done the full works with it, but you're kind of racing from Wi-Fi to Wi-Fi and trying to pick up locations somewhere where you can do a bit of work and, you know, okay, we're enjoying this, but we need to get on and do some work. You know, it's kind of, there's a lot more temptation and you have to be a lot more rigid and structured, I guess, a little bit more disciplined with it to, to make sure that you're keeping the quality of service up as well. Um, and that's kind of something that's very, very important. And, you know, it can go astray very, very easily that, you know, if you're missing an email, if you're missing voice notes, or if you're missing WhatsApps or whatever that may be coming through because you're not in coverage at the time or kind of in transition, it, it can be tricky. Um, and then the quality of service goes down a touch you know yeah and that's that's the one thing that I think I try to kind of and I know you try to kind of make sure that that doesn't happen because 
Ireland is definitely too small and the fitness industry in particular yeah. is tiny and if kind of one person kind of has a somewhat bad experience with with one of the the service or the the, the actual trainer themselves that could get that could go to maybe 10 people down the road and that's going to have a knock-on effect somewhere down the line it may not happen immediately but it's going to happen somewhere yeah we kind of see that with a lot of inquiries and it's something that i'm very very mindful of because we'll see other people coming in that may have had experiences with other coaches and stuff and that's the last thing I want someone to leave with is that they've had a bad experience you know and that's kind of something I'm very very mindful and aware of so I mean listen it happens sometimes you're never going to keep everybody happy yeah. and you know things like that happen that you know you might miss an email I might miss a text you have to try your best obviously to make sure it doesn't happen but um, ultimately you're trying to offset that as, as much as possible and, and not be that screenshot or not be that text or whatever you know yeah and I think one of the things that you kind of alluded to earlier was trying to get out and about and I think it was well where we were kind of you were trying to get some food into before the, the podcast and you're out and about this morning yeah. you're like you're one of these big advocates of kind of vitamin n and getting out and about can you kind of explain that to a lot of people that kind of may not be uh yeah so um vitamin n it's a uh, nature essentially uh we we kind of made up the hashtag vitamin n so we're trying to encourage more people to get outdoors and you know this is something that I wouldn't have resonated with as much until I became an office worker, essentially, uh, through being an online coach, that you're kind of wondering, you know, you're, you're dealing with gen pop, and it's very hard for PT to relate to people's normality, um, because we're not essentially normal people. We're not, you know, your average kind of Joe Soap. And these guys, they're in offices, they're maybe getting 5,000 steps a day, and we're kind of running around the gym getting 30,000 steps a day, and you're kind of wondering, it's like, how the hell do you not? you know clock up activity how do you not clock up you know some daylight exposure but you know these people are in basement offices that they don't get sunlight or they don't get exposure and you know this is kind of something that we're, we've now realized a lot it's like holy shit you have to have to you have to make a very conscious effort to try to get this in when you know you're in that office style job or in that office style location where you know maybe sunlight and direct exposure to nature is, is not optimal you know and that's kind of something that we're big advocates on now that um we're currently based in uh, Newtown McKennedy in Wicklow, so we're very blessed that we've got a lot of uh, very nature-heavy areas that, you know, we can go to Glendalock, it's only a few minutes up the road, or that we've got a little nature reserve down the back, it's very easy for us to walk down there, it takes five minutes to walk, but, you know, we kind of try to get as much of that exposure as possible. So essentially, uh, we're looking for getting into the wild and nature somewhere, uh, and getting some daylight exposure is what the whole vitamin N thing is where it has a huge impact on anxiety reduction, it has a huge impact on uh, stress reduction, it, you know, switches you into more of a parasympathetic dominant state as opposed to that, you know, kind of fight or flight state where we're constantly stressed all the time. And, you know, I, I don't think anyone ever came back in from a stroll through, you know, some beautiful scenic nature and said, wow, that was shit. You know, I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone yeah. come back with a, a negative on, you know, has to walk in some dog poop or something. That's the only negative <laughs> that happens, you know. Um, I mean, that's where, uh, again, getting daylight exposure first thing in the morning is very key. So you'll kind of see, I'll, I'll always put up on my stories that do the daily end. So it's like nine o'clock in the morning. Usually uh, you'll, you'll find me walking down through the forest that's down around the corner from us. And again, it's to... Um, Realign circadian rhythms. It's to uh, again get that daylight exposure that we're able to keep that aligned. We can get a little bit of grounding if you want to go full hippie and go a little bit barefoot, where it again reduces inflammation, reduces anxiety, reduces stress, etc. But um, it, it's essentially to, to remove people from where they're spending more time to to get them into to spaces where they're spending much less time. I mean, I had a chat with a, a buddy of mine recently and. Uh, we were chatting about nature and I was trying to get him to come out for a hike with me and I said like when was the last time that you were actually out you know the great outdoors and such like and he was because he's based in town in, in Dublin and he, he said it was maybe three or four years since he's actually had some surrounding of actual proper nature you know and I was like that's not normal you know we're, we're not designed to be kind of you know and I, I, it sounds so hippie and woo woo and stuff like this but it, it, it just works you know what I mean it does incre uh, decrease the anxiety and stress and you know it switches us into a far more relaxed state as well but um you know, this guy hadn't been exposed to any kind of daylight or nature in that, in that aspect. And, you know, it's it's detrimental to health. And that's kind of where a lot of it is going now at the moment with people where, you know, it's all go, go, go. And they don't kind of switch off to that amount. Yeah, no, I won't. Um, for me, sorry, go on. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. You talk. It's okay. Um, 
just for, for me, I'm far more productive when I can to do that. And that's kind of something that I always, to always go back into is like that um, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. That if you can do something like that daily where you can get uh, that exposure and, and, you know, rather than trying to reduce anxiety and stress and all that build up tension just when it erupts is to deal with it just trickling a small dose every single day if you can for even five ten minutes and it allows you to deal with all the rest of the stuff that's going to go on throughout your day you know and uh, so that for me is like one of the most important things i'll do first thing in the morning is just to get out and get some daylight exposure and like that might be for people as to park their car a little bit further away not even for like clocking up some extra steps it's just to get a little bit of extra daylight before you go into your office you know you'll, you'll see it now uh, since the clocks went back and we've got more or went forward and we've got more daylight that people are feeling much better people are more social people are less anxious that during the winter time particularly that the hours are very very short and people don't get into actual any daylight at all because you know for most people we're going to be dealing with they go into the gym at six o'clock in the morning they're into the office by half eight nine o'clock and they're out of it by five six o'clock and it's it's dark when they go in it's dark when they go out they don't get any direct daylight you know they're, they're stressed they're sleep as shit they're you know they're again very very poor circadian rhythms and you know and, and this is kind of something that we're trying to get people to do and you know like i've we have a lot of clients that are based in Dublin and like there's a lot of little parks and there's a lot like you can go down by the canal and have your lunch for half an hour and you know even that's going to take a box in terms of getting some daylight exposure getting some you know some nature as such as well and I think it's a, a vital thing that people are missing out on you know across the board and it's something I'm very very adamant that you'll see on um, and again it's not just to be hippie woo woo or whatever it just works you know we've, we've seen it time and time again so it's something I'm going to keep on pushing no, I think I think it's a brilliant incentive. It's definitely I kind of set myself. We were talking off air about because I'm kind of setting goals and something for 2019 and stuff. And one of the things I try to do is at least get out four times a week, even if it's for like half an hour, 40 minutes, just kind of get out, clear the head between kind of in between sessions with clients and stuff like that, in between podcasts or in between doing admin work. Uh, is is very important for me to even like zone out, and it's kind of my time to either. I listen to a podcast or a zone out completely from the, the the stresses of kind of what's going on with the with the business side of things or something yeah. uh, with bugging you with a particular client and it also it just gives you that clarity that you're kind of stepping away from kind of reality almost and it kind of makes you think a little bit more could I have said something else in this session could I have uh, why is this little thing that someone said to me annoying me or something like that it's it's really good for yeah. kind of the mental health side of things um and even it have you i know kind of the fitbits and stuff like that are huge things at the minute have you got any kind of nay saying on it or have you kind of got any preference on kind of fitbits or what's your thoughts on it uh i i don't personally wear one um i try to not let particularly with clients to, to have something dictate what they should do rather than going by their own individual kind of biofeedbacks again, where, you know, you, it's like, we know the difference between an apple and a donut. You know, if you've been sitting on your ass or if you've moved, you don't need a kind of Fitbit to give you a buzz to remind you to go get an extra thousand steps. You know, it is something that I like using with people to create awareness that one, they're either doing too much or one they're doing too or the other that they're doing too little that you can create an idea that okay if i get up and do a small walk in the morning small walk at lunchtime a small walk at evening time that'll hit me seven thousand steps a day it'll, it'll hit me whatever and you'll get an idea in a rough gauge and i don't think people need to use it so much thereafter once they have that gauge um if you're entering kind of more you know strict or rigid diet phases or whatever yeah it's cool to have just to so it's one variable you can reduce and kind of manage a little bit more but i think it's kind of allowing a lot of it's, it's dictating to a lot of people what they do with their day you know i'll have clients send me you know pictures of like you know their fitbits on like nine and a half thousand steps and they're like pacing around their house to get an extra five thousand because they're trying to get ten i mean don't do that that's just nonsense you know if, if it's making you do silly stuff like that yeah you got to realize and kind of step back and say okay maybe this is a bit too much but in terms of creating the awareness yeah it's cool because like particularly with the fitbits and sleep i mean it's an activity tracker uh with these extra little bits built on it's not a specific like sleep tracking device you know so a lot of people kind of wake up in the morning they feel really good but then they look at their fitbit and the fitbit says they've had a bad sleep and then it allows their mood to be dictated for the day where it was like oh i thought i had a good sleep but my fitbit said i had a really bad sleep so now i feel crap 
and I need more coffee. You know, and there's this huge attached association with that because, you know, it might have tracked so accurately during the night. And these things aren't very accurate as well. It's, you know, a lot of people got to remember that too. So, I mean, they have their uses, but uh, I don't tend to overstress it too much with people. You know, it's, it's, it's something that if you can gather a little bit of information, I mean, this is the thing as well with a lot of trackers and stuff, that if you can't gather some data and analyze it and, and make some use of it, I mean, you're just kind of going day by day by then. So you should be able to take something from it and learn that, you know, okay, uh, during the week on Fridays, I have very low activity. So maybe I need to put in a little bit more on Saturdays or Sundays, as opposed to just kind of taking it day by day. People don't uh, review it and analyze it and say, okay, what do I need to change about this or what's it telling me? Um, so I think that's something that a lot of people don't do as opposed to just kind of take it as it, as it, as it comes, you know, um, that you can take a lot of information from that, learn it, change stuff, you know, so that, it's something that it's been misused i think a lot for the most part i really like that point about kind of looking back at the the data particularly if you if someone is potentially not really walking on a saturday or sunday and then they kind of like oh wait i was out on say friday or saturday night and it's kind of like as yeah. simple as going out for a walk down to dunleary or down to glendalock just walk down the pier or something like that um yeah, it, yeah. It, it kind of makes an almost a kind of an awareness and a change in your behavior and that could kind of be a knock-on effect every time you go out for a few pints with the lads or the girls or whatever it is that you kind of like oh, i'm going to set this target off i'm going to go out for like an hour an hour long walk or something like that so it is good for that yeah i mean that, that's something i have with trackers as well it's like my fitness pal is a big one i hate my fitness pal <laughs> i've never used it i literally couldn't tell you how to activate it or put anything through it um because I'll, I'll see people who literally have you know a thousand days plus logged in my fitness pal and you know every day they've entered pretty much the same foods are probably the 15 to 20 foods that they eat every single week. They buy the same foods at the same grocers. And, you know, if they haven't learned the values of those foods by putting them into my fitness pal, I mean, it's, it's, they're moving completely away from the goal of probably looking to be a little bit more intuitive. Like, you know, they should have picked up on that, that, you know, that exact chicken breast has 25 grams of protein in it. I don't need to track that anymore. I had four of them. That's a hundred grams for the day. You know, that it, it's, it's skewing with people saying that they're not learning any information from it, you know, and it's again, just kind of a day-to-day -day activity that they're doing to do this thing, but they should be getting a lot more information from it and they're not really utilizing it, you know? Um, and that's, that's a big issue I think as well with people. Yeah. I think a lot of people are kind of, it's kind of one of those buzzwords at the minute regarding kind of my fitness pal. And I think there's, yep. there's two sides to it. There's the people that don't want to, really the track or to really track there's coaches that don't want people to track but there's also the advocates of it i'd be kind of like if their mindset is correct then they should track for a little bit and kind of as you kind of mentioned understand how many calories or the protein portions or are in each kind of food and then take a break and then if they're unsure of something they can kind of look at it and kind of go from that it's ha really handy if people are going out shopping but if they are changing their recipes but we're such creatures of habit we end up buying the same stuff every week in the shops Absolutely. i'm one of those i eat this uh, during the week it's the same food every week yeah and people kind of forget this or they don't realize it you know and they kind of feel that they have to have this app dictating to them again you know and, and, and like people ask me is like how have you you know prepper shows how have you got people in shape or have you got in shape yourself and you, you don't use my fitness pal i was like well i've been tracking food for like 15 16 years like by learning what's actually in the food or what's you know the quantities of food or weighing the food and learning something from that my fitness pal is only a thing for like i think 13 years or 14 years so i've been tracking since before it was a thing so i've learned from that and not needed to use it you know so i think people need to use it initially maybe learn from it and then be able to remove it and kind of get on with their lives as opposed to, you know, because you'll see a lot of people get very anxious and anxiety about it, but they have like, they hit their protein and they hit their fats, but they went like four grams over on their carbohydrates. And now they're freaking out. I was like, it's, it's 16 calories. You need to chill. <laughs> it's not a problem. You know, so a lot of people just get very anxious about this. And then, you know, they're kind of worrying about calories being out or you know, all these little things. And So you kind of mentioned about kind of removing things from kind of certain elements of the life and all that kind of stuff. And one of the posts that kind of resonated with me a lot, and I know it resonated with an awful lot of people from the amount of kind of, uh likes and reshares and stuff like that i got up on social media was about uh unfollow friday uh i did this yeah. i did a social media audit for myself at the beginning of the year uh because the people that i was following and kind of the almost the body dysmorphia that i was kind of creating in my own head 
was just it was so stupid from just looking at people on Instagram with their tops off or whatever and you're kind of like this is not what I want in my head I want to put something into my mind that's actually going to benefit me that I can benefit someone else uh can you kind of explain a little bit more on kind of how the impact that social media is having on people negative or positive yes I mean you're in control of a lot of things you're in control of uh, what you do with your feet what you eat with your mouth and what you see with your eyes. So from that aspect, you know, it's an app that you have downloaded on your phone, people that you have followed and that you chose to see, right? This is, this is for anyone, not just at you. So it's like, it's your fault, you know, and this is a lot, a lot of people kind of blame social media, but it's actually their fault for following, for uh, downloading the app or for doing whatever. And listen, like social media is an amazing tool and it's, it's given me a platform that I'm able to create, you know, a lot of benefit to other people and, and impact a lot of people's lives and stuff like that. But this whole thing where a lot of people are saying, oh, I feel upset about the weekend because I feel I should have gone and trained because I follow this girl on Instagram and she's trained six times over the weekend and she didn't go out. You know, now I feel guilty for going out. You know, that's bonkers. <laughs> you know, and it's that you've allowed an app that's on your phone that you bought with your money to dictate how you're feeling. So this is where, like, I'll, I'll get people to audit their, audit their social media quite a bit. and It can kind of seem like you're kind of parenting parenting them a little bit that you're kind of you know coming down on but it's like unfollow those people you know go into who you're following and if if that person makes you feel bad about what you're doing uh, or about how you feel about yourself or whatever it's like you can remove them from your phone you don't have to have them on it and it's like that you should really only have things on there that one like you appreciate it, that you want to move towards or that make you feel good or uh, add some positivity. Like, does it add to your day, yes or no? And if it doesn't, remove it. Now, I'm like that for everything, for auditing, auditing your circle, your social, uh, where you go, what you do and kind of what you consume, you know, in a, in a big way. And it's kind of like you're the average of the five people you spend most time with. So if you're hanging around with people that haven't really got the highest ambitions or whatever it may be, it's probably not going to, it's, it's going to knock on to you as well. And it's the same with social media that, you know, if you're consuming a lot from those individuals that may be very negative or kind of, you know, we had this thing last year, the year before with a couple of those pages that were, you know, just created to create a bit of carnage within the industry. And, you know, you had all these people that were following it just to, to get off on seeing other people falling and failing, you know, and it was, it was absolutely bonkers to kind of see the traction that all these things got, you know, it, it's something I didn't follow, but I was very aware of, and you know, that you see clients talking about it and stuff and how it was impacting them. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a crazy monster. Um, to kind of see the way that social media is going and you know that's where again just remove anyone that doesn't add anything to your to your day it's just and that's something actually i sat down with a buddy of mine recently if you go into your search bar on instagram and it gives you the explore page and it's full of things people that you don't want to see you can click on that post and, and click the option of see fewer posts like this and it's something that a lot of people aren't actually aware of and you can audit your search bar you can audit your explore page so right right now, mine is full of um, animals and mostly alpacas <laughs> and <laughs> like a little bit of crossfit stuff because it was what I was looking at recently. And, and that's it. Uh, I don't have like bikini chicks on mine. I don't have football on mine. I don't have because it's just of no interest to me whatsoever. So I can audit that and control again what I see. Um, you know, and if I interact with certain pages, I'm going to get more of that fed to me through the Explore page. So again, you have full control on that. You, you'll get served ads and whatever from time to time, but you can you can choose to see less on those. You can click on that the little three dots up in the corner of any post, and you can suggest to to see fewer posts like this. So again, you're in complete control of your social media. It's uh, it's it shouldn't control you, you know. And do you manage to turn off from social media, or do you kind of only work off social media for certain hours of the day? I have two phones. Uh, one that I use just for client WhatsApps. Um, I've got no social media on that one, um, but I also have that linked to my desktop. So if I'm just doing WhatsApps, it'll pretty much only be through the desktop or if I have to do voice notes, I'll, I'll take the phone up. Um, and then my other phone, it's just my personal phone. There's only friends and family have that number. Um, and I have like my social media and stuff on that as well. But with 
the apps, I have them in a location on folders on phones that it's very hard to get to, that it's not kind of on my home screen, that I, I don't just pick up the phone to check the time and I end up seeing, uh, you know, a, a bunch of apps looking at me or whatever. But I also have the notifications turned off on those that I'm not getting bombarded with a lot. But in saying that, it, it sounds like I've bulletproofed myself from social media. Uh, not at all. Like it's it's very very hard to switch off um, from it. Like that, I've got um, an internal Facebook group that we do quite a lot through. Um, if I'm on my laptop, I'll only go in there through uh, Google Chrome. So in Google Chrome, you can put on a newsfeed blocker. Uh, on your Facebook so you'll literally come up and there's a nice quote a day and that's it you know you don't get bombarded with all the rest of the crap that's on Facebook too so if I'm on the laptop I'll try to use it that way but you know you, you, it's still very very hard to switch off fully from it because there's always something going on or you know there's messages coming through or whatever it may be um, I did have it for a period where uh, on Sundays it was completely technology free but I just found that it was kind of not creating a little bit of anxiety, but it was just, it was a lot of stuff building up then that I'd have to do on Monday. Um, that was kind of impacting my Monday. So I had to kind of bite the bullet and kind of do a little bit on Sundays and stuff like that as well. But it, it's very, very hard to switch off fully from it because um, I enjoy helping people. I enjoy, you know, reaching out to more people and being able to utilize the platform to give more people more access to stuff like that. And you kind of feel obliged in, in an extent to be able to help more people, but there is a limit that you can only do so much as well. And kind of, I'm, I'm getting much better with understanding that, that it's okay. You know, if I'm out with Kate for a meal or whatever, I'll do my best to put my phone down. It's, it's not turned on. It's, it's not uh, on the table or I'm not scrolling through. Um, because again, I like to be more present when I'm doing stuff like that. Or, you know, we were down in her home place over the weekend. I was on my phone very little uh, because again, I'm, I'm spending time with friends and family. I want to be present when I'm doing that. But, um, it kind of just means that when you get a little bit of time to yourself that you're kind of catching back up on it then as well so it's it's always on I think that it's very very hard when you're working through an online platform to be able to remove yourself fully from it you know yeah no I really, I really like the whole idea of kind of almost hiding the folders or hiding the apps that you're kind of not like aren't kind of helping you in any way or something like that so like if there's kind of Instagram and kind of you have to go and press like two or three buttons on your phone in order to kind of get to it uh, and it is kind of, yeah. I find it, I kind of try to limit it that I won't go on after maybe 8 p.m. Um, so yeah, that I can kind of. That's something I'm big on as well. I'll, yeah. I'll have kind of a technology downtime uh, that from 8 p.m. onwards, I'm not responding to um, kind of messages or texts or whatever that come in at that time. Um, and as well, it's just that you, you have to kind of remember you're operating through business hours, I guess, when you're in this realm too, that, you know, that it's not that it's not okay to contact me at 8, 9 o'clock but there needs to be boundaries there as well that you're kind of able to set that for clients too, because a lot of people put in, you know, that's a 24 seven contact and it should be an element of that, but only if it's necessary, you know, that a lot of things can kind of wait till the next day for a lot of, a lot of subjects that might come through on it. Uh, and it, there has to be those kind of boundaries, I think as well, uh, when we're, when we're coaching too, because it can impact and it can eat into your own downtime that, you know, ultimately, you know, it, it, bites into the next day and it kind of carries over and it rolls on from there so it's, it's, i think it's something that needs to be very aware of too i i think that i think that the, the point there anyway is kind of the living in the present as well as something that i've been kind of trying to get myself to do and like i bank holiday weekend i was out with friends kind of on the the saturday and the sunday and i was kind of there were at, at, at times there was people i was out with that were kind of on on Instagram and on social media and I was kind of like why are you even out if you are going to be on the social on social media why don't you just kind of have the crack with us and kind of live in the now it's kind of one of those things that we kind of ended up having to put in kind of like a, a tariff that if you went on your phone you're going up to do like a shot or else you're going to go down and do like a few push-ups because I was out with kind of fitness people so like you're going to do push-ups yeah, yeah. if you go off your phone or whatever like that and that after kind of two or three kind of tariffs it was kind of like right that then they stopped, uh, but it, it kind of went yeah, to that it, stage. It's something that people are afraid of as well. It's like people are afraid of like awkward silences or, you know, not having to fill a gap. So they'll just like take out the phone. It's kind of like you see like a load of boyfriends standing outside uh, the dressing rooms in like a shop. They're just <laughs> pretending to be on their phone yeah. because they're afraid to just stand there. It's like the same thing. It's just a natural reaction when we get this downtime that we'll just uh, pop in and, and look at it. And it's, it's something I'm actually more aware of now. I've got 
the new Samsung S10. And there's a digital well-being section in that. And it counts how many times I unlock my phone every day. And it's bloody crazy how many times I might go in and pop up or activate the screen or whatever. So that's something I'm very, very aware of. And like it's something that I would tell people to do. And if anyone comes to me with the excuse of haven't got time, it's like go into your phone settings, go into your battery, and especially on the iPhones, you can check how much time you're spending on each app. So I had one girl recently, she was telling me like she just doesn't have time. She's doing her PhD and her thesis and everything's going crazy. This was at 2 p. Uh, sorry, it was at 4 p.m. that day, 2 p.m. that day that we were talking. And I told her to take out her phone and show me her battery. And we went through the whole thing and she had spent six and a half hours on social media already that day. And she was telling me that she didn't have time. I was like, okay, <laughs> now you just have time. I've given you the gift of time, you know? So it's like she was shocked and kind of disgusted with herself at the same time. But it was like, you've just lost your excuse to have an excuse, basically, uh, you know, from that. So that's something I would tell people to do is like, all your battery time, have a look at where you're spending your time on your apps and uh, then, you know, assess how much time you really have, you know? Yeah, no, it, it is all about kind of prioritizing. It's also the same when people say they haven't got enough time to kind of train or work out. That's like how many, how much how much time you're sitting at home watching TV or binging on Netflix. It's the exact same thing. It's just kind of about yeah. what was your priority at the minute. Is it kind of feeling healthy and good, or is it kind of like is it more important for you to kind of be watch have that outlet of kind of Netflix? And I put my hands up. Netflix is great for kind of turning your head off. And I'm watching literally finished watching Line of Duty and all that and Bodyguard and stuff like that. But it's it's kind of that was kind of my downtime, and that was that's all I used it for um but I, I still managed yeah. to get my workouts in still managed to get my walks in and kind of get my my meal prep in and stuff like that but uh it has it has its purpose but just don't make it kind of an almost a religion and a daily process if that makes any sense yeah it's just been aware you know I think more so if you're unaware that's a problem if you're aware that's fine you can you can change and alter it you know yeah and it's not bad no <laughs> it's definitely not no not not not, not I'm not hitting you on uh, people on the knuckles around like that not yet um, and like so, so summer's kind of around the corner and everyone the gyms have gone a little bit nuts in the last week or so that everyone's kind of trying to get a little bit fitter a little bit leaner trying to fit into kind of the shorts or trying to fit into the bikinis or anything like that have you got kind of any tips for anyone that hasn't been in the gym for a while who are looking to kind of make a few changes uh, have you got any kind of any tips for those guys yeah, so uh, we were only talking about this the other day, and it's kind of there's a cyclical thing where it, it, each year follows the exact same model. That it's January, everybody gets back on it, we're we're good to go, and you know everyone's feeling good, and we kind of give it a few months consistency, and then it comes into midterm and Easter, uh, and everyone kind of falls off the wagon a little bit because it's the first bank holidays, and it's the first bit of a blowout, diet breaks, and yeah. you know you've been consistent for a while, so you'll let your hair down, and then Easter happens, midterm bank holidays everyone gets back on it then again till summer uh, and then kind of summer is a good time and hold a bit of maintenance whatever and then it's September is kind of the new January where everyone sorts their stuff out again in September and kind of gives it from September till November until it's silly season or Christmas so like right now is a really good time to kind of start again or it's kind of that build up phase again where you said like the gym is getting busier and people are like okay I'm in my bikini in 10 or 12 weeks uh, you know so this is it, it's a great time to kind of start again in terms of resetting a fat loss phase or kind of you know bringing down again in shape and stuff like that for the summer the main thing i would say is to be realistic um and then kind of with what's achievable in terms of actually a result so you'll see like you know six week bikini plans and stuff like this are all being promoted now at the moment like in reality over six weeks you're not going to have an insane impact and you're going to not going to overhaul your physique but you can make it a, a decent impact you can peel off a lot of body fat you know it's just you're not going to get completely bikini ready but you're going to be better than where you were at the start you know so it's been realistic with what the actual return is and kind of what we set in terms of numbers depending on how much you have to lose is kind of between 0.4 and 0.8 of a kilo a week that if you've got 10 weeks you can potentially lose somewhere between four and eight kilos over those 10 weeks and that's going to be more realistic in terms of that you can actually maintain it as opposed to completely busting your ass and have it to like drop calories out of the basement and, you know, kind of suffer your way into shape. Um, so it's, it's kind of being realistic with what you really need to or have to pull off, you know. And then like if you only pull off five, six kilos instead of eight kilos, 
it's not exactly a bad thing. You're going to be in much better shape than what you were before. So a lot of people kind of, well, if I can't do it all, there's no point in doing it. You know, they kind of get this idea. Uh, when you kind of give them that sense of reality of what's actually achievable. Um, but again, it's going to be far better than what it was prior, you know. So this is kind of being realistic with what's actually there to be got, I think, is the main thing for people to to take on board with it. Yeah, and also I would kind of say, kind of add on a little bit more onto that, would be kind of don't go out too hard. Don't set yourself up that you're going to train five or six days a week and then kind of after week one or two, kind of crap, I've missed a day. I think I fall into back old habits. I'd kind of say start off with kind of two or three sessions and a little bit of walking i would say that would be kind of my recommendation yeah, it's on to that. leave yourself some wiggle room where you can wrap yeah. it up if it needs be you yeah. know that you have some variables to pull that you know you, you have so many different variables in terms of increasing uh, an energy deficit you know you can either go calories or output or you know altering so many different things in terms of that so it's, it's not to kind of use all the cards in one go in terms of dropping calories and increasing output you know doing all the needs steps through the wazoo and stuff like that so it's kind of change one variable at a time so it gives you more um length and more different cards that you can kind of flip throughout those 10 12 weeks that you might be looking to get in shape over as opposed to going out to get gung-ho too fast too early and kind of using all your your cards as such too early that you've, you you won't stagnate so quick yeah, I, I think that's I think that's an awesome answer. And I know a lot of people kind of ask an awful lot about kind of supplements and stuff like that. And the supplements industry is kind of quite huge at the minute. There's so much so much stuff out there. So many companies making an awful lot of money out of it. Are there kind of any one or two kind of supplements that you'd kind of recommend to take in order to kind of for fat loss, weight loss, or yeah. just general general I, I, living? Like in terms of what you should be using supplements for is to supplement something that is missing from your nutritional intake. So if we look at, you know, one, get your, get your food in check first. That's, that's, that should be a given for most people that, you know, yeah, if you were to tell people that there's this magic pill that could go spend a thousand quid on, uh, that would get them a goal. They'll do that as opposed to just tidying up, you know, their, their intake a little bit or increasing their veggies or increasing their fruit a little bit or maybe reducing their processed foods a little bit. Um, that's going to be the biggest win straight away for people. So remember that it's a supplement, that it's not a necessity, um, that you can get so much from that. But if we're being realistic, a lot of people aren't eating very nutrient-rich foods. Uh, they're not getting enough fruits and vegetables. They're not probably eating enough oily fish. Um, and they're not um, kind of getting enough nutrient density throughout their whole intake as a, as a kind of on a whole spectrum. So from that aspect, I would look at generally getting people to use some form of a multi multivitamin, uh, not one from my protein, not one from uh, Aldi or wherever people tend to buy some multivits from now at the moment. Uh, they're very poor quality. Um, without going to the ins and outs, you should probably pay a little bit more for multivitamin as opposed to paying much less. Um, so don't really cut corners with those. Uh, I would say to add in a fish oil because, uh, again, a lot of people just aren't getting enough quality uh, fats in their diet. Uh, so that's going to be very important. Um, then after that, I would potentially add in maybe a greens powder, uh, as something to that extent. Uh, one that I use is a Nutridyne. Uh, that's very, very good. It's a green and reds powder. So there's about 20 servings of kind of organic fruits and vegetables within a scoop of that. And that's a super easy win for people to clock up because, you know, with kind of childhood habits and how they've been brought up, they just mightn't be vegetable people. And, you know, that's the kind of habit that's really locked into people's mindset that I don't eat vegetables, I don't enjoy vegetables, and fruit is disgusting. You know, and, and this is something that as adults we probably shouldn't be in that mind frame, but a lot of people are. So the easiest thing then is that they're going to need to supplement with that. And, you know, if they're not going to eat some vegetables, that they're going to probably have to go buy uh, a greens powder that they're able to get some form of uh, nutrients in that way. Uh, and then uh, kind of what I was talking about earlier on my stories was organ meat where it's not directly a supplement, but there's so much nutrient-dense uh, qualities to eating some organ meat. It's probably something I would classify as a supplement to people because it is so powerful uh, in terms of getting in increased nutrient values and iron, etc., uh, across the board. So having some form of organ meat once a week would be huge for people to, to kind of, quote-unquote, supplement with. Um, and again, I, I tend to take kind of a, an alternative view with a lot of these things. Um, so that's kind of one of those that's very, very important, I feel, that uh, people can get much 
much more benefit and value from. You know, so kind of that's it. Creatine is becoming very topical again for some reason, and I think it's a good thing because, uh, particularly with females, that we were kind of scared about you know consuming carbohydrates for so long, and I think a lot of people have broken down that barrier now, and that carbs are okay. So now they've kind of moved on to something else that they think is not okay, and that's creatine is kind of the new one. Uh, and there's so much benefits to be had from taking creatine. So I mean, it's incredibly cheap, uh, incredibly easy to use, and incredibly. Uh, beneficial for so many different aspects not just like muscle building or not like to turn you into a freak bodybuilder which it won't do anyway but uh, for in terms of cognitive performance in terms of memory performance in terms of uh, so many different aspects that even into elderly adults that they should all be using it as well uh, so a creatine would be one that i would add in there as well so kind of across the board a multi-fish oil greens powder uh, again quote unquote the supplement uh, some organ meat and then some creatine on top would be amazing that, I, think that, I think they're awesome man it's delighted you kind of mentioned the fish oils because I think that was one that I've kind of that's been done a lot of research particularly and kind of M&U kind of alludes to it an awful lot and uh, Martin, yes. Martin McDonald talks about it an awful lot and I think it's one of those things that uh, is kind of coming back into fashion with the, with the fish oils and it's, it's great to see yeah kind of coming from the Polquin era where you know it was the recommended daily dose was like 30 grams of fish oil that we used to give people it was wow. just the dumbest thing I think I've ever told people to do but that was kind of following recommendations at the time um, that, that was messing people up again that was misconstrued I think a lot but like for fish oil if you go to um, I'm a big fan of uh, Little and Aldi with their stuff and, and they have those little small tins of sardines and mackerel that you get about two grams of omega through those as well and they're like 40 cent or 50 cent I mean that's it's an incredible package to have of like some really high quality proteins you get some quality fats through that as well that if you don't like supplementing or you know a lot of people are kind of going the vegetarian route now as well and they're missing a lot of these essential fatty acids that they should be getting in um, so maybe potentially supplementing with some fish oil or some algae oil which is more vegan friendly uh, is very very important that people get the appropriate uh, balances of omegas uh, in their intake so that's kind of something that's becoming a trend as well as the vegan movement or the vegetarian movement and that's absolutely fine uh, provided that if you're going that route you're going to have to look at you know supplementing a lot because you're going to be missing so much from your intake you know that you'll have to put in some carnitine some b vits and definitely some creatine etc from that aspect and then some algae oil to make sure that you're getting in enough of your quality omega balance throughout the range there as well yeah that's awesome i think advice. that's vital yeah. yeah um and you kind of mentioned about alluding to kind of finding balance and kind of the summer is around the corner people will be out kind of socializing and drinking a little bit more and this kind of there's kind of two questions that i kind of sent over to you beforehand that kind of any tips for kind of staying on track on the weekends if heading out drinking and kind of if people kind of overreact kind of hitting the fuck up button do you have any kind of yeah. uh, any kind of ideas on how to kind of not feel guilty about that yeah i mean people kind of tend to blow it out of proportion a lot um you know, with stressing about the weekends and kind of worrying about the weekends that they look at, you know, they had one bad meal on the weekend, but they forget about the other 30 high quality meals that they had. And I kind of did put all the focus on this one as opposed to, well, actually, that's one out of 30. You know, I, I had 30 amazing meals. I done great. You know, and this is something that people kind of freak out over. But then that they also feel that they, they have to have, you know, taken calories out kind of Monday to Friday if they're going on a bit of a session on the weekend or if they're enjoying some foods over the weekend. And a lot of people, right now at the moment, a lot of people are a little bit kind of sporadic and they're, they're going out on a whim and kind of, you know, random nights out and stuff like that. Uh, and they feel then very stressed because they haven't allowed calories for it. You don't have to have, you know, the week prior to the event just taking out some calories you can take them out after the event as well you know so a lot of people kind of feel that they have to make this big deficit before going out on the weekend you can do it afterwards which is actually much easier to do as well because you can have your event have your extra calories and then you can just factor it into the next week and spread it out you know and then that's kind of something people really stress and, and struggle over and i think it's it's a big one that they need to remove those stressors from but again as like Quieter to feel and maybe potentially stressed about those too is what I would look at, and that goes back to what they're consuming through social media and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So we've we've gone over that, but um, you know, some tips for staying on track over the weekend. Um, one that I look at big time if you know where you're going out for some food, 
on the weekend. Look up the menu in advance. Uh, you kind of you can go online. You can see all the menus, and a lot of places have calorie counting on their menus now, and they're very aware of it because people are becoming more conscious. That uh, you can look up in advance on that menu. You can plan your meal in advance. You can pop that into your my fitness pal in advance if you want to kind of work your calories around it. Makes life much easier. But then, very simple is that you might put in a little bit of fasting that morning. You might just remove your breakfast. It's given you maybe five, six hundred calories to play with that evening as well. And, you know, it, it creates this little bit of a, a gap that you can kind of fill with that food. And I think a big thing that people um, mess up or kind of something that they struggle with is that they feel that, OK, I've allowed an extra 1500 calories for this night out and they feel they have to like fill it exactly with 1500 calories or get as close to filling it as they can you don't have to you know that if you've had a thousand and you had your fill that's cool kind of you know mark it down and get on with it you don't have to go kind of it's like a game with people that kind of i'm owed this much i have to get this much back you know, in terms of the deficit that they made with calories. So it's it's something, again, it's just taking their approach and and, and looking at what's actually realistic for them to, to stick to and kind of utilize with that. Um, and then just making a little bit more awareness about what they're doing or what they want to consume. And, and then it's owning the whole thing as well, um, where they need to realize that they're responsible for their actions too. Uh, that if, you know, they don't account or they don't factor in for it, that, you know, when they get on the scales on Monday, it's probably going to be up. And they'll get pissed off about the scales being up. But the fact is that they haven't owned what they've done, you know, that they've kind of just expecting different things from expecting different results and different return, but not really uh, setting a plan in action for it to happen, you know. I think I think that's an awesome answer about the kind of like if you don't want to restrict yourself the week before it's kind of like not even restrict, but kind of count your calories and kind of reduce your calories slightly the week before it's kind of change the plan and go for the week after because you're kind of be a little bit more determined almost for kind of after your weekend you'll be kind of like oh crap i've eaten x y and z i'm just going to reduce my calories from monday tuesday wednesday if you're out on saturday if that makes uh, i think that's a, i think that's a, an awesome tip um may is kind of mental health awareness month and there is darkness and delight is happening on saturday and i'm really looking forward to kind of doing that but one of the things that you posted up on instagram a little while ago um was speaking about kind of your mental and physical health is never owned just rented and i thought that was a really really eloquent way of actually putting that that it's so true but it's yet such a simple statement kind of can you kind of explain this a little bit more and what you meant yeah, it's like uh, people don't actively uh, work on these things a lot, that they kind of, you know, they allow their mental health to deteriorate or they allow a lot of things to impact and influence their mental health. And listen, I'm, I'm not the mental health guy. I kind of leave that to, you know, there's a lot of mental health advocates out there now and I don't kind of blur the lines. I like to stay in my lane with a lot of the stuff. But is that, you know, you're completely in charge of, you know, again, what you do with your your feet, your your hands and your eyes and your mouth, etc. It's like, you know, that you have to, uh, again, pay your rent essentially on these where you, you've got to go do your sessions or you've got to go do your little bit of mindfulness or meditation. And it kind of, it's a daily habit, it's a daily routine and, and you've got to put these things in place to offset that. And you can't expect, you know, a different result that wasn't in line with the actions that you took previously, you know, and, and in line with that. So that's, I think it's a huge thing. Uh, and people like that, you know, they feel they're kind of entitled to a lot where essentially I, I put up a post about it this morning, you're entitled to nothing. Um, and, you know, you have to really stay on top of these things. And like, it's going to slip. You're like, you're going to have times where your training is not great or your mental health is not great. That doesn't mean you're broken. It's just, it means it just may need a little bit more attention. It may need a little bit more detail or may need something to pull back a little bit and replace it with something else. You know, it might just mean getting outdoors for five, 10 minutes a day. Or, you know, this is kind of where my little routines and habits have built up over the years that I know I feel much better if I get out for my five, 10, 20 minutes walk in the morning, whatever it may be, I'll make sure it's done because I know I'm not as productive or I'm not as uh, anxious throughout the day and I'm better able to deal with this as well. So I have to pay my dues every single day on it, you know, and that's, again, I understand that it's going to be there the next day if that if I miss it one day, you know, that it's not, it's not the be all and end all that you have to do it every single day, but it's to make it more of a consistent habit is the most important piece with those, um, you know, and I think it's a huge thing um, that you, you need to contribute to that every single day, some way, shape or form. I even find kind of writing it down and putting it in front of me kind of as, as a reminder 
to kind of get done kind of every couple of days or every day kind of I try to read maybe 10 pages a day uh, and I try to kind of get out for a walk at least half an hour every day or every second day depending on kind of the time and stuff like that kind of midday and then I try to kind of listen to potentially a podcast or do my MNU lecture and they're kind of the three or four things that I prioritize during the week and then I try and try to prioritize staying off social media on a Sunday like what you alluded to as well it's easier said than done but I try to leave my phone up in my room um it's yeah, kind of one of the things yeah 100 percent um we are nearly we're nearly finished i've got like one or two little more questions we we're kind of talking off about kind of off air about kind of books and stuff like that you're big on educating yourself and you're kind of one of those you're potentially one of those guys that listens to books a little bit more than kind of actually has the physical book um and i kind of asked about kind of the top three books that you've kind of read or have kind of listened to one on mental health one on fitness and one on nutrition if you have any um again kind of i'm i'm a sucker for amazon i just click and buy so much stuff <laughs> on amazon um there's actually a new thing i think i don't know if i came up with it or if i've seen it somewhere else i call it primnesia where you order so many things off amazon prime that you just forget about it so it's primnesia it's a, it's a new thing so it's um i mean like i'm i'm big on audible books uh, i like to be able to kind of listen to have something in my ears if I'm out for walk or stroll or if I'm driving or something uh, but I also like to have physical copies of books that I can kind of dip in and out as opposed to reading them front to back um, because I know there's certain pieces from the book that will apply and certain pieces that won't so I kind of don't go front to back with a lot of books if I do read them but I mean there's uh, there's a couple of books um, that I'm really fond of and uh, one particularly on Audible, I think I've listened to it like eight or nine times, and every time I go back to it, I pick up something new. It's um, and particularly for for trainers, I think it's an amazing thing. Or anyone who's in like a service industry, is Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, I think I've done it eight or nine times, and I'll have to go back to it again. I only thought about it this morning when I was making some notes on this that I haven't listened to it in a while, so it's something I'm gonna go back and revisit. But it kind of teaches how to create a better experience and how to actually really listen to people and how to be more enthusiastic about their ideas and how to um, create better communication throughout that as well. And I think it's it's a huge thing and it's, a, it's, it's lost a lot with a lot of personal trainers that they kind of tend to be dictators and stuff like that as well. And if there were two to go to this book, um, it, it's one I would massively recommend. Uh, there's a couple of others. Um, one that I got recently and I found it incredibly useful with so much actionable tips that are in kind of real world language as opposed to kind of a lot of the books we might read from time to time and it's something we spoke about off air as well where everything is getting a little bit too technical a little bit too overcomplicated that we're kind of removed from you know speaking it in a normal term anymore and uh, you know we're getting a little bit too sciencey with a lot of the stuff um, I'm going to butcher this guy's name, but Dr. Rangan Chatterjee, I think he's actually from Doctor in the House on BBC. He's got a book called The Four Pillars of Health. Uh, it's kind of, the four pillars are sleep, uh, food, movement, and stress. And, and he gives so many little actionable tips that are immediately able to put in place that you can understand so well. There's no jargon throughout the book and, and the stuff that you can just immediately put into place. Um, and I think it's such a good structure and it's such an easy read. That's one that I actually did read front to back and it was it was amazing. Um, I would massively recommend that. Uh, then there's, there's one more I dip in and out of the whole time. Uh, and it's a much older book, but it's a very similar model. Uh, Paul Cech, um, he's, he, Paul is nuts, <laughs> to say the <laughs> least. He's a, very, he's a very interesting guy, but, you know, you have to take it with a pinch of salt, kind of some of the stuff that you're reading from it, but it's how to eat, move, and be healthy. And, you know, he goes into, again, like a lot more about digestion, a lot more about daily movements, a lot more about kind of goes into animal flow and stuff like that in it as well. But, you know, stuff that people don't really talk about anymore. It's like poop. I talk about poop loads because, it's, it's again, it's something that people overlook. And he's got his little um, diagram in that one called the poopy police that he goes into. <laughs> again, he talks about so much about digestion. But it's in a way that people can actually learn it and absorb it as well. Um, that's not so overly informational kind of offensive you know that it's not you're not trying to figure out how to pronounce words and absorb them it's just easily uh, kind of entertaining information that it's so easy to use as well so kind of those three um 
are huge. Uh, kind of one that's not educational, I guess, that I've listened to the last while, well, well, it is educational. Uh, Kevin Hart's autobiography. Can't make this up. If anyone just wants a good listen, that's so good. That guy has been through so much. Um, and it's if you can listen to it on audiobook as well, it's narrated in his voice, and he's just such a funny guy. Um, I would massively recommend people get that one as well, just for a bit of escapism to to kind of get away from you know maybe education stuff like that as well. In terms of like the mental health side of it that you mentioned, again, I I, I don't drift into it too much. Uh, it's it's something I kind of leave uh, because it's such a deep hole at the moment. It's such a it's such a um, a rabbit hole to kind of dive into and you know it can be very very heavy but um i guess if, if you look at kind of some of the books by simon sinek and stuff like that start with why or know your why and yeah. uh, those are absolutely amazing to kind of to branch into that without going down the very like heavy kind of cbt style and, and route with that as well i think kind of on the fringes that kind of stuff is it's they're very applicable that we can use but again i think that Trainers are very guilty of it, kind of trying to be everything. Um, that we're kind of overstepping the boundaries a little bit. We need to kind of again stay back and kind of stay in our lane, I guess, for uh, for the most part, with a lot of it. But again, it's it's always useful to know this stuff. But there are kind of some recommendations, I guess, loosely. I've heard the how to do how to win friends and influence people quite a, quite a bit. So I'm definitely I probably will end up going on Amazon after we stop recording and just order a load of books. Uh, I'd, I'd recommend those. Uh, and then the kind of the the last question before we kind of speak a little bit about your kind of affiliate coaching and your prep coaching is kind of, I tried started asking this question a little bit recently and people seem to have enjoyed it is kind of, what is your motto for life? You know what? I was looking at this earlier and I was like, I don't really have like a mantra or a motto as such. And I kind of bro- I broke it down into two bits that as a coach, go back to exactly what we just said, is to stay in your lane. Um, and then kind of as a human, know that you're entitled to absolutely nothing. Uh, again, that it's just kind of that, that rent is due every single day. You kind of got to stay on top of these things, um, whether it be finances, your business, your relationships, your, your family, your emotions, your mental well-being, your health, your digestion, your, your whatever it may be. That you know you're entitled to absolutely nothing and you've got to, kind of work that a little bit harder at, at getting these stuff and that's not like to go beast mode on everything but is to know that you know nothing is going to be handed out to you and kind of as a human you've got to know that you're entitled to nothing in that aspect um, and it, it's kind of short and sweet I, I don't have any I'm, I'm not into kind of reading the stoic lifestyle and stuff like that kind of going into a much deeper philosophical side on it um, I, again like I'm a very simple kind of person that way so um, I think they're kind of a, the basic models I guess quote unquote that I might have no, I really like the you're entitled to nothing kind of side of things. I think that's very kind of apt at the minute that a lot of people are kind of, especially, I probably felt that way when I kind of started off kind of working uh, back in like my, after I finished college, I was like, I should be a little bit higher, quicker in jobs and stuff like that. Uh, but you actually have to pay your dues and you're entitled to absolutely nothing. Um, and Pete, yeah, Just the thing, it's like a lot of trainers are coming out and they're kind of like, right, I'm qualified, where's my 50 clients? <laughs> yeah. Kind of expecting just to be handed all these people, you know, and it's kind of, you've got you to gotta earn first, second, third, fourth, fifth and all the way up along. And kind of, again, it's like finances or whatever, you're literally doing nothing. So it's it's to know that you got to earn your stripes and uh, build up to those positions. And again, that's kind of, goes back to like sort of social media stuff where you see all these people who are on pedestals and kind of, I want that, but you don't look at what the steps they've taken to get there you know and you kind of have to appreciate their journey as such that you know I guess it can be such an overnight success with a lot of people at the moment due to social media and you know going viral and stuff like this but you know for for the most part uh, they don't want to think about kind of the donkey work that goes on in the background or you know whatever it may be to get those goals that people have have built up to so yeah it's a biggie Um, so last but not least Larry where can we find out about yourself and where can we find out about your online coaching services Uh, for the most part it's going to be through uh, Instagram Um, do I even know my it's Larry underscore Doyle underscore coaching Um, you'll get me there Um, kind of that's where I'm pretty active I'm I'm not as active through Facebook I don't do YouTube and and stuff like that as well so kind of try to stay to the one as much as possible um so that's kind of where from, from that aspect uh, my website is larry.coaching.ie it's kind of where we have a lot of our testimonials and kind of more information about kind of our services there but like it's kind of um that's where we were chatting about the affiliate there earlier as well so that's kind of 
what we're really focusing on now at the moment and kind of that we're we're pushing out a lot more kind of we're still doing our one-to-one coaching and that in the background as well and that's been you know very successful to relate to and then the affiliates kind of been growing where it's kind of encompassing all these things um into that lifestyle mixture of what we've kind of been talking about throughout the whole thing um of being able to make things a little bit more sustainable for the individuals that are that are getting into the i guess quote quote lifestyle as opposed to crash and burn and the constant dieting phases and stuff like that as well that we're going to make it kind of a little bit more applicable to the real world with uh with that with that system you know that we're kind of doing it's, it's been a great success so far so um that's kind of where where we're at with everything um in a nutshell now you're smashing it i know i know a few people on your affiliate programming at the minute and the results that they've had so so early on and i know one or two of them have been kind of with you for quite a while and they can't speak any higher of yourself and, and Kate and stuff like that. So you, you, you're you absolutely smashing it. And I really, really uh, respect your time. And I really, really expect, uh, I respect you for coming on to the, the, the podcast and kind of giving up your time and having yeah. a chat with myself. We really, really appreciate it as well, because again, it gives another platform because it's something we've been asked a lot about as we were talking about this earlier about doing different podcasts and just having had the time or kind of um, the space to be able to do it. So again, I really appreciate you getting me on here to, to have that chat. So it's, it's been great. And uh, I will I will uh, add all the details into how to contact Larry for his online coaching and his Instagram tag and stuff like that. So if you guys are interested, definitely head over. Definitely give him a follow on Instagram. Some of his kind of outlooks and his the no BS approach that he has on in, on for for most things is phenomenal. So definitely give him a shout. So thanks so thanks so much for coming on, Larry. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Mister Chen. It's been a pleasure.